0: Live Smackdown Podcast in the shadows It's Blake Doing the damn thing WWE Fourth night in Toronto Uh, We're running the 205 first But I just want to throw it out there I'm feeling a little under the weather So pardon I do apologize If we try to rush through A lot of the results From the final night Out in Toronto, Canada Which was A fairly cool show Now 205 we saw uh, Gentleman Jack Gallagher uh, taking on Makira uh, Tozawa with D. Brian Kendrick. Tozawa picked up the victory there. We had the Bollywood Boys and Aria Divari taking on, uh, who was it, Umberto Carrillo along with Kalisto and uh, is it Lince Dorado, the hot hand of the crew following up on the story from last week apparently uh grand metal league was attacked backstage don't know who did it drake maverick had to make a on the flop call and put umberto in the match could it be umberto that did it we don't know but we're just uh gonna continue to see how the storyline develops there um so i don't really remember who won that match under the weather pardon me but we do know that this uh rivalry between Lince Dorado and Alberto Carrillo is starting to heat up, so, uh, not bad, and then uh, we saw the main event, which was, uh, a the Cruiserweight Championship match, to, uh, excuse me, Only Lurkin and Drew Gulak, Cruiserweight Champion, going at it for the championship, good match, long match, the Cruiserweight Championship, being on the kickoff show, well, being defended on the kickoff show is fairly difficult because there isn't a lot of time to let these guys really, you know, show off all of their skills. So, we had the the rematch on the show. Both of these guys got excellent amount of, uh, you know, in-ring time to go ahead and, you know, express themselves. So, it was all right. And that was 205 Live. Now, I'm not mad at. It. I think there's going to be a, a, some good stuff li- leading forward. Want to see what else can? Uh, like how can we make the championship interesting and relevant? You know, that would be my only question. I'm not saying only Larkin and Drew Gulak like is—they aren't interesting. But you know, is Triple H still back there, or is it a bunch of uh, producers on the creative team just throwing it all together because Triple H is so busy? I do try to pay attention to who. Uh, is putting the shows together. Like, I know certain quirks that Mr. McMahon has, and we've gotten accustomed to that, so now we're paying attention to the quirks that the executive director, Paul Heyman, has, you know, and what Mr. McMahon is okay with, you know, as far as uh, enhanced ideas go, but whatever. Uh, Of course, it's no disrespect there. But, um, yeah, SmackDown Live opens up with Kevin Owens Fresh off his victory over the best in the world, uh, Shane McMahon, he came out, cut his promo. He say Shane ain't really the best, and you know, cuts the uh, the the real promo from Rollins about how the fans have, you know, been a large part of his fuel and inspiration to be able to pick up the victory, and home home crowd away, the way, and all of that. So, not bad, you know. But out comes Shane. And long story short, K.O. gets fined $100,000, along with being told that he has a match later on. There's a lane. Both of them, you know, uh, traded harsh words for a little while longer, but Shane ended up coming out on top. Um, uh, The rivalry continues, but I think, well, it seems like Shane is going to have more of the, you know, uh, He's going to have a distance from it, in a way. I don't know. This is just what it seemed like on TV and how it came across. Can't say how it's going to happen or how often we'll continue to see Shane Mac on the show, but it'll be what it is. Anyway, uh, that was a good opening segment, though. Charlotte, Ember go at it. Ember got another opportunity to take on the queen of all of the errors, Masharizad, and and uh, they put on a good match of the way, back and forth, Ember had some really cool offensive moves, you know, showed that in so many words, she can keep up with Charlotte, Charlotte is, you know, so tall and long, you know, it's just, uh, it's, a, uh, it's difficult with a smaller stature to be able to, you know, get the reins on her and, you know, really mount some form of, just like, a substantial offense, either way, Charlotte locks in the figure eight and picks up the victory, man, I'm I'm just so impressed with how Charlotte is... Like, looking at how Trish couldn't hold up, you know, just because, you know, she's been out of the ring for a while, you know, and that's all we'll say. You know, she's rusty, and it's not really her finishing maneuver, you know? It's like seeing her collapse, trying to just execute the finishing maneuver for a period of time really opened my eyes to just how, uh, again, strong and capable Charlotte is. Like, I... I'm I'm so impressed, you know? I called out how Charlotte and Becky were two of the flag bearers. You know, I'm proud that Sasha is back. Like, I'm happy to see that because the women's division is really uh, taken to another level. Like, they got the Let's Go, uh, Charlotte, Charlotte Sucks chance, which is almost like a rites of passage. You know, like, Becky got it, Charlotte got it, you know what I mean? Like, wow, so... uh You know, this uh, in my head solidifies the fact that these are truly superstars that are gonna have an excellent, well, an excellent future uh, with the company. Uh, All in all, Charlotte locked in that figure eight. Well, she locked in a figure four when she bridged up into that figure eight. You could just see and feel the muscles, and man, just the the, yo, man. I see it talk about Charlotte all day. We already knew. She was gonna pick up that victory in a way. It could be a surprise him, but could have picked up the victory, but Charlotte got more in-ring experience as far as TV time goes. So if we looking at it from that side of the storyline, then yeah, you know, Charlotte picked up the victory necessarily then, like and obviously. But uh, yeah, good good spot. Good match too. Roman Reigns, Buddy Murphy. Now look, this is a little mystery they got going on, I'm not really even gonna get into it, only because it's uh, you know, it's the story that's being told. You know? Like, it's a lot of seeming confusion, but the story makes sense. It's the good old It, and all of the people are enjoying it. So, hey, uh, Roman, and Roman Reigns, Buddy Murphy, go at it. This is Buddy's opportunity to really show his stuff. People in WWE Universe have been complaining and wanting to see Buddy Murphy. Oh, he hasn't been used since he got the color from 205. Now, Buddy Murphy been looking like a punk a little bit. You know, with some of the backstage segments. But in ring, that guy can sure go. And throughout the match, he would up his level. All, like, every so often. Like, he would think this is what he got. And this is how he's being portrayed. But no, out comes some more of the energy. And more offensive innovation. You know, like, pump knees. And a lot of the 205 move set. If you're talking outside of storyline. Listen, it's people. It's critics out here that literally make uh, their podcast... And dedicated to what the problem is, you know. But even the critics of the product, and the harsh critics, they literally were—they're they're showing love, they're showing love to Roman, they're showing love to Buddy Murphy. He got his opportunity. He went in there. He showed off, you know. He showed out, and Roman was out there really uh, putting the new talent, so to speak, over like a true champion would, like a true top guy in the company would, and that you know, that was awesome, you know, very great stuff, I'm, I'm happy to know, and happy that have been able to see, you know, Roman and Buddy Murphy go at it, you know, Buddy is quick, he's strong, all of that offense we saw in 205, he was able to utilize against Roman Reigns, and, you know, and Roman, as far as the third aspect of, you know, uh, taking the moves, he was selling beautifully, it made everything look that much more believable, and potentially, uh, positions Buddy as you know uh, a, a top star eventually or a very recognizable uh mid carter who knows though whatever but Roman Reigns picked up the victory there awesome spear I'm calling that top five of the night one of the top five moves a great spot uh buddy flipped over Or uh, did uh, like a backflip. Roman got like the upper midsection upper abdomen and um wow just wow we saw Cedric take advantage of the opportunity on Raw against through McIntyre. And then we get to see Buddy Murphy take the opportunity against Roman Reigns. Of course, leaving the top guys to be the top guys and make them look great. But even in defeat, these guys showed that they are willing and capable of coming with the fight. So, shouts to them. Shouts to Roman and shouts to Buddy for that. It turns out Samoa Joe is who's going to be taking on Kevin Owens. Uh, somewhat of a hybrid in between superstar you know good faith for the wwe universe but then doesn't necessarily care about the opinions of the wwe universe because he cares about what he wants to do as you know the submission machine the samoa submission machine that is so um very good very good match they had a good back and forth the sit down power bomb when ko did it to drew it just looked weird but the pop-up sit-down power bomb, like the sit-down aspect, it just adds to the impact. I've been thinking about this since the early days of KO, who's been around for five years now. So, hey KO, congratulations, man. Um, um I had I had no doubts in the early going. It was just like, all right, if he's been in the business for 15 years, it's just gonna be really interesting to see how he, you know, is portrayed on the product and from Powerbomb and Machine Gun Kelly, which was kind of one one of my top five KO moments, you know, and having that, you know, that, that Bubba Ray Dudley feel when he, you know, powerbombed Mae Young through a table, like the face and that energy, and, you know, all of the turning on CMU and the back and forth and having one of the, next to Jeff Hardy probably one of the prettiest Saw time Bombs in the company, you know, like, uh, Shouts to KL for being around for five years His title runs He's been such a different character Each time, you know He's been able to really show us Different versions of him One of my favorite was when he was The face of America You know, as United States champion He knows it, all of the small things Like, and I don't uh, Here we go, I don't mean no disrespect by this But uh, Mickey James Reminds me of uh, The type of, you know, level that certain superstars with experience at like you knowing what cues to hit knowing how to act certain things that aren't scripted you're throwing in because you know it's not gonna do anything but enhance the feel on the match KO has done it you know KO one time was ad-libbing to his own theme song but you know that this is my show and there's no one better and all of that stuff and the show was going off the air but he really pushed that home and it was like Exactly, this is the type of energy that you know I would want out of a champion, you know, a former Universal Champion, a former Intercontinental Champion. He's put his body on the line for the company so many different times. I really appreciate uh Kevin Owens. So, either way, he's going at it with Samoa Joe, and uh, you know, they're scrapping, have a good little match. And uh, Elias is the special guest referee enforcer. I think uh, KO was going for a pen attempt, and uh, the referee got pulled out of the ring. Good God, that landed on the ref. Man, I hope he's all right. That was quite the bump he took. He was knocked out. Hilarious. But, um, yeah, when uh, I believe Samoa Joe got a roll-up predicament, and Elias came flying in as the only official in so many senses and counted the fastest one two three i have ever ever seen on wwe television it was so fast it, well first of all blink and you missed it but it was it was comically fast like you 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 know it's gonna be a fast count but man to see him jump in there and just get it out the way like that that was that was just great TV. One of those small moments. Like, you know, you could get a fast count, but it's just the feel that comes with it. Either way, let's not forget Elias is the new 24-7 champion. So, uh, you know, his timing, I assume, is impeccable. Whatever, though, right? Um, all in all, good match from KO and Samoa Joe. And we get to, it, it's, still, it's still somewhat fresh. So we'll get to see those two eventually again in ring whenever we do. But it was all right. Main event scripted as Kofi, oh excuse me, main event scripted as Big Ian Woods of the New Day taking on the revival. Former Raw tag team champions taking on the SmackDown tag team champions. If we're looking at this from a subversary standpoint, we're looking at who has the uh who, who, who's gonna who's pulling out front, who has the momentum as the tag team is going into it. Right now, uh the revival got it. It's the way it's looking, you know, they picked up the victory. Whole lot of shenanigans in between, but uh, Randy, god damn it, Randy Orton, you know, he turned this into a six man tag, came out, you know, cut his promo. It's good stuff. Uh, I, I would not be against Randy uh, becoming uh WWE champion or becoming the next WWE champion, but the only question I would have is how is he gonna follow up the act that is Kofi Kingston. You know, Kofi is going up against someone that has, you know, in so many words, held him down, held him back throughout the years uh, because he wasn't ready and doesn't even think he's ready now. Still, I could understand where Randy was coming from. I'm going to throw this one in the suggestion box. I'm not following the crowd, but if we're going to be taking Kofi seriously, then somewhere we could write in, nah, we gonna chill on these pancakes and y'all gonna recognize how serious I am, you know, like, that's just, like, it don't need to happen like that, I still think it's funny, you know, but at the same time, this ain't no joke, the WWE Championship ain't no joke, so, yeah, haha, get it how you get it, get it how you can, but at the same time, we not gonna have Kofi just get slept on, y'all know I'm a little biased, told my squad, and Kofi is hands down, one of the greatest of all time next to Randy Orton, so, uh, you know, if these guys can have a fair match straight down the middle, I'd be very interested, maybe even a stipulation added to it, because uh, how smooth Randy is, some people aren't a fan of the in-ring technique, because of how easy both guys make it look, maybe some more impactful moves, maybe a little bit more of a faster pace, I don't know, but, you know, this is some of the things that I think I would be looking for, if I were to complain. You know, I just listen to some people's complaints and try to uh, make sense of why WWE made the decision that they made in the moment, you know. And if, you know, there could be changes made to uh, the product or after, you know, recognizing the reception of the idea, then, uh, hey, you know, you just, you just throw it out there. You never know what can happen. There's no question in my mind that WWE... Oh, pardon me. There's no question in my mind that WWE pays attention to the crowd and wants to give the people what they want so long as they are requesting it in a manner that is respectable to the perfection from an editing standpoint that we see every week. Maybe a small uh, camera person hiccup here or there, but as one that has been to a live show, I can say that these guys move like ninjas, so they're great, you know? But either way, um, six-man tag, Randy and the Revival taking on the New Day, a complete ass-whooping ensued pretty much to close up the match. Um, Not bad, you know? Like, it was... Uh, It was a good way to have the revival still look strong. It's a good way to keep Randy credible, you know, just in case he had uh, been seeming like he looked weak with the disqualification at SummerSlam. And uh, the New Day, I think, uh, you know, this is one of the spots where it's like, okay, well, we can joke and we can do all of that. And they make a couple of jokes here and there, maybe even the next promo they all get. You know, like they make a couple jokes. just to show that they're super funny. But at the same time, you know, we've seen, uh, we've seen a Big E completely flip the switch when it comes to cutting the promos. So, we, you know, I don't know. But just to keep everything interesting, I think that you know these things uh, could take place. I wouldn't say should because I don't write nor book the uh, matches or the program in general. But just uh, continue to see how all well of this develops, just like how uh, Daniel Bryan and Rowan uh, they got Buddy Murphy to tell him, like, no, no, no. I was just saying that. So, whatever. Got a beat up from uh, Rowan to Buddy Murphy backstage, way he looked like a pup. Roman went looking for him toward the end of the show, and he's, I think it was, uh, yep, they're gonna find out. They're gonna uh, continue to broaden the perspective uh, next week as to who uh Lol, who done it? Who's trying to, who's trying to take out the big dog? You son of a bitch! When Roman catch your ass, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when the big dog catch your ass, man, you 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 better damn, you you better go the other way. You just go call it just like that. Y'all seen what Roman did to Buddy last week? Y'all seen what he did this week in the ring? Y'all, he pissed off, man. And he's being calm about it. He's keeping that rage channeled. And I can appreciate that. So we're gonna see how the rest of this continues to play out. Shout out to everybody that brings your podcast each and every week. We will catch y'all next week. who It's been a long week. Pardon my uh, uh stuffed up tone, but uh you know, gonna try to get rid of this cold now. Either way, I'll catch you guys next week for Monday Night Raw. So uh, be responsible with your power till then, peace.